Hey, welcome to the introduction for this program. Hello. Hey, um, this was our first uh, first show we did from the road. Yeah, which is kind of interesting. It's fun. It was fun though. It was. We did a uh, we did a super super. It's, it's something super super cast field trip edition. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll do a super scary field trip edition one day. Soon enough. Soon enough. But we thought this would be good for today. Yeah. So, um, it was just us, uh, kind of, kind of shooting the shit on the way to the Fairfield Commons Mall. The mall at Fairfield Commons. Yeah, pretty much. We just sort of, we, I think we did a pretty good job today of just, like, one conversation came out of another conversation. Yeah. A lot. We talk about movies as we normally do. Uh. I can't even remember what we talked about. We did, we did, we went into the mall prior to recording this intro, so. So it's been a while. Yeah. But you'll enjoy the episode anyways. And once you've enjoyed it, make sure that you uh, send us an email because we still haven't received one. Ridiculous. And I know people are listening. Yeah. Because the play count, I can look at it, I see it. Um, I see it increasing, which is good, but I want to hear from people. We want to hear from people. Yeah, me too. Me too. You know, I know you're out there, so just uh, drop us a line, as they say. It's uh, divorceclub at superdivorceme.com. You can also check us out on uh, Facebook slash superdivorce. You can check out the Divorce Club on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at SuperDivorce, Snapchat at SuperDivorce, even though that's probably our least used social media. And then you can find us on Instagram at SuperDivorceBand. So we're all over the place, so uh, yeah. Uh, Also, uh, if you haven't already, be sure to go to YouTube and check out last week's videos latest videos of super fanatics and super scary also a super uh token show and tell yeah we had all of them last week so uh super token show and tell i cracked open my copy of the elder scrolls anthology on pc and then um super fanatics we talked about uh batman gotham by gaslight yep and on super scary we had our first guest and uh Bender, Kyle, and I talked about Children, Children of the Living Dead. Dead. So yeah, check all that out, and tune in this weekend for more new episodes of stuff. I don't even know. Oh, we're going to do 28 Days Later for yeah. uh, Super Scary. I don't know what we're going to do for Super Fanatics. Maybe we'll try Maybe we'll try to do Old Man Logan this maybe time. Maybe so. Alright. Well, um, we will talk to you guys in the outro to the show. Yep, peace out. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. Here. I'm Bender, and we're 
just backing out of my driveway. That's right. This is the Super Divorce Supercast Field Trip Edition. And we're going to go to the uh, Fairfield Commons Mall to pick up a couple of horror movies. Which I'm super excited about because uh, this particular mall still has an FYE, if you recall that store. A lot of them shut down, if I remember correctly. And they also have a Suncoast video. Which is even better. Yeah. I, that's pretty awesome. That's the only mall I know of that still has a Suncoast. So that's where we're headed. But first, I have to stop off at uh, the Breakfast Club in Lebanon because I foolishly locked my keys in the house when I ran back inside to grab my money. See, that's the thing about having this kind of car, where you don't have to have your key in the ignition to have it started. Right. And my mind, as I was walking out, I was like, oh, the car's already started, so the keys must be in there. And I was like, well, wait, how did I open the, the door to get back inside the house after oh, I locked it? boy. So I made a mistake. Well, I made a big mistake. It's, well, at least the Breakfast Club is only, what, like 25 seconds from your house? Yeah. Literally. And I'm... I'm driving. I, I was able to drive over here with no key. That's true. See. That's true. That's kind of that's kind of impressive, really. Kind of, kind of scary because it means someone could just take my car. If, also if true. I turned it on and left it running, they yeah. could just, just drive yep. off with it. I'll be right back. I'll be right here. I don't know what that beeping is. It happens every time he walks away from the car. So yeah, we're pretty excited about uh, today's excursion. We've been planning this excursion for a while. Not a while, a, a week or so, maybe. But every time we tried to go, something would come up. I've had to work a lot this week, and Nick has had his hands full with a lot of uh, editing of the videos. They took a little extra time this week. So to find out why, make sure you check out... Uh, our episode of Super Fanatics. Um, I was having a bit of an off day, but Nick goes over uh, Gotham by Gaslight, Batman, a Batman story where Batman has to track down Jack the Ripper. And then our video uh, that came out yesterday night, very late, but yesterday, uh, a new super scary episode where we had our first special guest, Kyle, and we talk about Children of the Living Dead. So those were last week. I forget this comes out on Tuesdays. But uh, it's Sunday right now. So you have to you have to forgive me for, you know, a messed up timeline. Anyway, here comes Nick. Got, got the piece. Alright, there we go. I was just reminding everybody check out the latest episodes of our stuff yeah. that came out last weekend. A lot of good stuff. Yeah. Did, uh, I never, we really haven't talked about it since it just got posted pretty late last night, but, uh, your thoughts on our first special guest episode of Super Scary. Oh, it was good. We had, we, Kyle was a very good special guest. We have to have more special guests. So, I mean, we had special guests on last week's podcast, too, for those that listened. 
which still every time I listen to it, I've listened to it like two or three times, and it's just it. I just laugh. I'm crying with laughter every time. If it you was, haven't listened to that one, you should. It's so funny. It's so good. Having Jesse and Ivy on there was was great. We need to have them more often. But yeah, I I watched the whole episode of Super Scary today actually while we were talking about getting together. Okay. I was watching it. I, I enjoyed it a lot. There was a lot of footage from that movie thrown in, though. It's, but there, like, like it, we said, there was there were no real spoilers to it. So no, I it mean, just like here, just check out. Just as watch much it. As Look possible. how bad it is. Like that movie is such a. I don't. I don't even know how to properly describe it. You just have to watch it. Like, you have to at some it point. It was uh, Children of the Living Dead, in case you're wondering. Yeah. It It was just so good. I mean, like I said in the video, uh, after even my first time watching it, I just, I have, like, such an affection for it. Like, I just, I want to buy it very badly and own it and watch it, like, once a year and just marvel at how terrible it is. But it's not terrible in... It's not terrible in the, oh my god, I cannot stand this terrible. It's bad like The Room. Yeah. Like, you can watch it a million times and you don't feel like... Even though it's a horrible movie, you're, you're not wasting your time because you have a good time enjoying it. Right. Right. It is an enjoyable film, even though it's a terrible film. Yeah. I just looked at the clock and I was thinking it's not two already. It, well, clocks went back. Yeah, they did. That's why I I saw a picture last night that someone posted on Facebook and it was uh, what's his face, uh, old Buffalo Bill, like uh, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Uh huh. And um, like it was a meme picture and the top said, "Don't forget to tuck your cocks back." I mean, set your clocks back. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. I'm gonna, I might have to find that and, and post that. Or at least Instagram that. Did you see... I think you, you liked it. Because you only use the band's Instagram. You don't have your own. But uh, the picture that I posted recently where my fucking principal from high school just like yeah. roasted me yeah, about how that. emo I was. Yeah. I was like, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. What was that picture you were holding up? It was a picture of me. Like, it was a selfie that I had taken and then printed out and then took another picture of me holding the picture. Because it looked like it looked like an old school picture that you would have printed out like in the, uh, in the dark room. It was like just like, it, yeah, no, it was, it was just like a large, just eight by 10 okay, I print at home. I didn't know if you were like, uh, if you were like a photography kid. I did. No, I was. I did do dark room in college. The one year I went to college, I did dark room photography. It was probably the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like a fucking dead art form now. Yeah. And it sucks, because it really was. Darkroom was super fun. Um, really just, like, interesting and weird. And 
wish that I would have stuck with it, but sometime in my college career, I was just like, what am I going to do as a photographer? And then, you know, dropped out. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I only, went, I only went one, well, not even a full year. Yeah. I just went one semester at Sinclair. I don't have a desire to study the same thing for four years uh, and then get a job. Like, I don't like anything enough to study it for that long and then have a, and then get a job in that field. I don't know. I, I Sometimes I think, like, people that go to college for music, like, to be a musician... Like, you can only achieve so much success as a college instrument graduate because, like, how many bands are just like, yeah, I went to college for four years and uh, studied, you know, I studied how to play guitar and, you know, came out of it on the other side and picked up this band and, you know, now here we are with our third album. I guess it depends on what type of music you want to play. But I feel like know. if you study it for long enough... You always want to play like complicated classic or jazz or something like that. You well, know? yeah, that's what I'm saying. If that's your interest, then you can definitely benefit from going to school and learning from like world class yeah. musicians who also went to school and did the same kind of thing. Right. But even that, you know, my dad being a jazz musician, he's told me that you can you can work yourself into a place where you're so worried about being technically correct and like you can overthink it right if you if you dwell on the sort of mechanical and rigid side of things for too long uh -huh. and don't allow yourself the freedom to just improvise sometimes you know it's kind of the same thing i used to always get told by a former uh boss of mine uh not to go to school for cooking I had never cooked prior to getting a job as a cook, which is pretty lucky on my part, I guess, when you think about it. But, you know, once I had the job and this this, uh, this chef took over after a year and started teaching me things, he was just like, yeah, don't waste your time because you're going to learn a lot more just working alongside, like, somebody who's better than you. Yeah then you will like having to go to school and be taught things and and whatever and and I have now I mean like I don't know how much how much farther I would be were had I gone to school but for the type of food that I work in and the industry the industry that I work in I'm I've learned everything just from other people well that makes sense I mean if you think about any job that you might have had usually you've got like the corporate rule book and training manual that you have to go through when you yeah. start, but you find out once you actually begin working, when you're around people who've been doing the job longer than you, there's a lot of shit in the handbook that gets thrown out the window immediately, <laughs> yeah. they're like, no, we don't do it that way because it's stupid and it doesn't work, so right. here's how to do it, and I'm sure it's the same thing in cooking, you know, I, I never was a chef, but working in a, just Papa Murphy's Pizza Place, you know, I know kind of what it's like to, to, I don't know, you have the light bulb go off on something where you're like, wait, I can, I can do this a different way that's going to be a much, much easier, much more efficient.
transmission. Right. And then you start doing it that way. Like I said, the handbook goes out the window. Uh-huh. And I can imagine if you're, uh, if you have to sit in school for something like that, and you've got an entire curriculum that's been, no pun intended, cooked up for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, there's so much, I would assume, that you, uh, you have to take into account when you're in a kitchen. And a lot of it's probably more intuitive uh-huh. than thinking about certain things. You know, I'm sure that you kind of get into a flow where you're working and you're not even you're not even having really any thoughts about what you're doing. It's just I, yeah, like I mean, anymore. I almost we we threw we threw recipes out the window like a couple years ago because um, we used to get corporate menus and stuff and then along with those menus would come the recipes to cook what they had decided we were gonna have and we just sort of like threw that out and I you know now I just like I just go in and you know sometimes I'll see a recipe on Facebook or something and I'll make that but a lot of times it's just like I want to make lemon herb chicken while I've never once in my life read a recipe for lemon herb chicken but fuck it like I bet you I can do it yeah and then it's just like lemon juice and a bunch of random seasonings that typically go together and then boom lemon herb chicken well I feel like you could you can kind of I don't know if you if you've been cooking for a while you probably know that you don't use um, a full drinking glass of lemon juice right on the chicken right you know or, and you also don't use a pinch. Uh-huh. Even I have an idea of about how much you would probably want. Right. But And you don't, like, I don't know, you don't typically want to mix, like, chili powder and curry because that's just too much. Yeah. So, you know, it's... Or you don't, you know, you probably don't want to put, like, cinnamon in your lemon chicken. Right. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It, I just just fucking really just do whatever I want a lot of times. It kind of, sometimes it kind of sucks because a lot of times I just, like, throw shit together and it ends up tasting really good, you know, and then the next time I go to make it, I'm like, okay, well, what did I do last time? And uh, it's almost... It sucks, but it's kind of interesting. Like, you know, every time I make, like beef stew, which is something that I really like to make, it's just, like, slightly different every time, because I don't, I never remember what I did the last time. We haven't checked in with Esther in a while. Oh, she did something the other day. What was it? Well, first of all, every single day, she complains but during her complaints, say, this is the first time I've ever had a problem with the food. Yeah. And she does that every day. Um, I, I can't even remember. Do you, do you think she honestly forgets complaining before, or do you think she's yeah. just bullshitting? No, I think she honestly forgets. Okay. So, like, it's, you know, you try to... It's difficult to have sympathy, but ultimately you can't really get that mad about it because she doesn't know yeah I mean I still like it's annoying and I get upset and I get angry about it but it goes 
goes away in like you know two minutes because it's just like at the end of the day it's just like well fuck it I guess you know she doesn't know anyways so just give her what she wants I she did do a couple things this week and I can't even remember them they weren't like super crazy or anything this has me thinking can you recall any horror movies that have taken place in like a retirement home or a nursing Bubba home Hotel. that's right yeah that is I haven't seen that movie in I don't know I've only seen know. it once it was a long time ago too I don't recall I don't recall particularly liking it I liked it. I, I I remember liking it anyway. I don't remember yeah, a lot, lot about, about it, but I think it's some. I think uh, I think it was definitely goofy. Yeah. Though, well, and I I think I would at this point I would have a higher appreciation for Bruce Campbell mm-hmm. uh, and his acting style. So upon rewatching it, I might like it more. Um. But yeah, it, that was a long time ago. When I was just getting into horror. I don't even know why I watched it. I guess it's just because it was a movie something to see, you know? Yeah. Um, I had this idea the other day. I don't know if you saw it on Facebook, but I, you know, the current season of American Horror Story is about Roanoke? No, I haven't. Okay, well, it's about Roanoke. You know what Roanoke is? Like the place? Yeah. Yeah. Like the colony that just, like, disappeared. So, the current American Horror Story is about Roanoke, but I had this idea the other day, I was like, oh, the the story's called My Roanoke Nightmare. Mm-hmm. But I had this idea to have a, like, a horror comedy set on a college campus where, like, in the past, you know, a group of fraternity brothers, like, mysteriously go missing. You know, like, 30 of them or something. They all just, like, disappear. And, like, 100 years later, you know, you've got your, your main characters or whatever, and the, the fraternity brothers like come back to haunt the campus and you know maybe they, they like kill people with beer bongs or something you know like something like that and obviously the title of the movie would be My Bro and Oak Nightmare <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it would be like it would, I guess you'd, uh, you'd started off at like Roanoke University Roanoke <laughs> University yeah exactly you know uh, the Roanoke is uh, known because like the colony disappeared but they had carved the word Croatoan mm-hmm. into a tree mm-hmm. you know and so that sort of like plays into the whole mystery well like the fraternity brothers their word that they had carved into a tree could just be like toga <laughs> they come back just like toga 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 I think yeah. it would be hilarious Tara Reid would be in it she would play she would. she'd pe- she would be the uh, the like celebrity appearance that dies first oh you kill her off quickly yeah like she would be like they'd be like oh tara reed's in that movie but then she'd be offed I, and everybody else would be like a sort of up-and-comer i was thinking she would maybe play a, like the dean yeah that could ha- that would work too because there's a uh, i don't know i'm thinking kind of like uh, robert england in urban legends 
brought that up and you said you haven't watched it in a long time, but he's in that movie and he plays a college professor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's always interesting to see someone who's, like, iconic for a particular slasher or, you know, someone who's played a, an intimidating role uh-huh. reduced to that kind of position where, you know, he, spoiler, he ends up getting killed. Right. I, I love his uh, character in Behind the Mask, though. Have you ever seen that? I saw it when it first came out, and I I remember it has uh, the dude who plays Herschel on The Walking Dead. Yeah, right? Scott Wilson yeah. is in it. Um, yeah, it has him. Robert Unglin is in it. Oh, so is Zelda Rubenstein, the, uh, the lady from Poltergeist. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. she's in it, too. Um, but in that movie, Robert Uglin plays, like... He plays the hero. Mm-hmm. Like, the uh, there's the serial killer, and this film crew is, like, following the serial killer. But And then uh, Uglin plays, like, the Dr. Loomis-type character who kind of always, uh, you know, is... Is sort of just like always waiting in the wings for the serial killer to do something instead of like just stopping him. Mm-hmm. He's always just sort of there waiting for something to happen, and then he swoops in and saves whoever is involved. Um, I can't remember his the character's name, but I I like him in that movie, and it's the same thing. It's cool to see him play liter- the literal opposite role yeah. of like Freddy. Kane Hodder makes a very brief appearance in that movie too, which is kind of funny. I didn't know that. It's I'm... it's right at the beginning when uh, they are they're in whatever town Leslie Vernon is is from, and they're trying to interview people, uh, and they sort of like you know Michael Moore, this guy at his at his door, mm-hmm. and they're like, sir, sir, blah blah, blah and he just like. All he does is shut his door. Like, he doesn't say anything. He just shuts his door. But that guy is Kane Hodder. Who, for those of you that don't know, played Jason Voorhees in a couple titles. Not all of them. I think, like, 8, 9, and 10, I think. I've met, like, twice now. Kane Hodder? Yeah. I have not met him yet, and I really want to. Here's hoping he'll be at Horror Hound in March or something. Because I have a Friday the 13th tattoo, and I would love to have him sign right underneath it and then get that tattooed. He's, I'm not, like, huge into the Friday the 13th franchise, but he plays Jason in some of my favorite ones. I love Jason X. And, and Part 9. Part 9's really good, too. As terrible as they are. Definitely. I was just thinking about something the other day. I was trying to imagine a world where they would have made one Friday the 13th. Do you think that, like, I feel like that movie would be looked at more like Psycho. Yeah. Or the series. Well, it wouldn't be a series. It would just be the one The one. But if you would have stopped there. At the first, maybe? Yeah, and maybe... And you take out the Jason the ending and Jason, yeah, where Jason comes out of the lake and pulls the main character under. I don't remember her name. I don't either. 
I haven't, I haven't watched it in a while. I think, uh, well, no, Michael Myers is kind of my least favorite of the iconic slashers. And that's, and slashers, like, that doesn't include, like, Pinhead, who I really don't like either. Yeah, I'm not a big Hellraiser fan. It's, they're, I've tried so many times, and I just can't get into them. I can't get into, I didn't like Nightbreed either, which is a, another Clive Barker film. But, uh, I can appreciate the contribution, and, like, right, you know, yeah. the, I know Clive Barker's well-known for types of characters he creates visually I think he he does some cool things but as far as like watching a whole movie uh, I don't know I just I, I guess I'm like you I've, I've tried I, I think I've seen the first two Hellraiser movies and I I've heard from even Hellraiser fans that they get worse as you go along well so. I mean I've even seen the worst ones like I've seen one uh, two uh, four uh, I've seen uh, Hellraiser, Hellraiser Dead, Deadite, or Hellraiser Dead something. That's the eighth one. I've seen Inferno, uh, which I think is the sixth one. And they're all just not good. <laughs> the old, like, four is kind of sort of okay because it talks a lot about like the history of the puzzle box and like how it was created and how pinhead was first summoned and stuff like that and it it goes through different timelines so you have like an old like 1800s timeline and then there's like a modern timeline but then the timeline that the movie is set in during the opening of the film and like what it keeps going back to is like in the far future and they're on a space station and it's I feel like it probably came out around the same time as Jason X and everybody was trying to cash in on you know the space sci-fi yeah. aspect I don't know how successful Event Horizon was in the 90s but that could have had something to do with it because that's one of the only that I really know of and one of the better space horror some reason I just don't find outer space to be scary like I don't know it, it just always makes me feel like I'm watching a sci-fi movie even if it is a horror movie yeah I usually mean, it still feels like a sci-fi movie not that sci-fi movies can't be scary or thrilling right but to me I always want my horror movies to feel like a little more down to earth <laughs> yeah, I can I I get that, I guess. Um I uh I think Event Horizon is one of the only ones that really kind of blurs that line the most between horror and sci-fi because while it does take place in space, the core of the movie revolves around uh, hell and like demons and mm -hmm. stuff like that so like you know towards the end when you get Sam Neill's character sort of like coming back from the dead and he's like a hellish he's a hell spawn and all that kind of stuff I, I think that's you know that's 
more in line with the horror crowd than say the movie Sunshine. Yeah. Which is just like a space movie for the first half and then a survival horror for the second half, but they're really just running away from this guy that went crazy. It's that's, that's a great movie. I love Sunshine. Well, that's another that's a Danny Boyle flick. Yeah. And uh, we're I think, as far as I know, we're going to be reviewing 28 Days Later uh, this weekend Yeah, uh, for Super Scary. And, uh, yeah, but, uh, Dana, well, 28 Days Later is great, but I loved Sunshine. Really, really excellent film. Um, just, just awesome. You have to check that out if you haven't seen it. Uh, I mean, in the, in the grouping of uh, space horror movies that's about as close as you're going to get really mm-hmm. to another real horror movie the only other one I've really watched or seen is Pandorum and uh, that throws aliens into it so yeah. it's not quite so it's much more sci-fi I guess the thing that, that makes the first alien movie more than the vein of a horror movie is the fact that it is, I don't know, it feels a little more desperate. It's not so action-oriented. Yeah. You know, so... Well, leave it to James Cameron to yeah. to bring you the action for the second one. Not that the second one is a bad film. No, it's just, it just took it away from being a horror movie. Right. Or a horror series. Brought it into your sci-fi action with yeah. elements of horror. Yeah. So they say. Which is fine. Like, I enjoy Alien 2. Yeah, and I, I don't want to give the impression that I don't like sci-fi. It's just that usually if I want to watch a horror movie, I will watch something that takes place on the planet Earth. Or, you know, yeah. if, I, if I watch anything in outer space, like I said, I just feel like I'm watching a sci-fi film. Yeah, and I think that that's, I think that that's fair. Because uh, I think it's, it is. It's really hard to pull off, you know, horror in that sort of a environment mm-hmm. because you just you end up just walking the sci-fi line especially when so much of sci-fi i guess uh really plays on like psychology uh-huh. and putting you on the edge of your seat and really making you think about some things that are kind of uncomfortable you know right like that's what sci-fi is about a lot of times it's kind of like a philosophical look into the future or things of that nature and uh and so you know it it has a bit of that that horror feel to it in that you're you're being made to feel uncomfortable sometimes but still you know you're watching a horror or a a sci-fi film right i mean like yeah it's kind of like uh you know like interstellar is not a horror movie whatsoever Mm -hmm. but you know for some and and you know for me a little bit when you sit down and like really think about in that movie they you know matthew mcconaughey and and crew travel to what like another don't they go to another galaxy yeah and then they're and they go into the black hole that's right yeah well that's yeah towards the end but and or no, 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 you're right, you're right. They go into the black hole. Yeah. And when it spits them out on the other side, mm-hmm. and there's, like, planets and stuff, and then they're going down to the planets, and you start. it starts to explain how time 
mm-hmm. is different and uh, you know how even so like that once they enter the black hole then time is like speeding up mm-hmm. so much to where like every minute they spend on the other side of this black hole is like an hour on earth or something like that and then you know when they go from the ship and then they send a pod down to the first oh wait plane. hold on are, is that the same movie what movie that? are you thinking of no that's that's right yeah cause the they go I'm thinking of the one scene um on that planet they drop down to where uh the robot comes out and you see it. Oh yeah, so rad. Yeah. And he like starts tumbling over himself yeah. to save Anne Hathaway. Yeah. It's like the all water planet. Yeah. But for the first part of that movie you see this big clunky robot moving around and you're like, why yeah. why this thing? Yeah. They've got like they have developed the means for interstellar space travel, but they have a square a rectangle they, as a robot. Yeah. It looks like a Minecraft character. It does. You know, it's got block arms that just like kind of scoot it forward, and it, and it just sort of talks and it like plugs itself into different things yeah. to run the ship. But yeah, then it like saves Anne Hathaway's character. You're like, oh shit, that thing is awesome. Yeah. But but on that planet, on the water planet, even just like from the spaceship through the atmosphere down to the planet. They're on the planet for like 10 minutes or some shit like that. And when they get back up to the ship, the one dude they left behind has aged like 30 years. Yeah. And I don't I can't remember. I think that I think that might just be like the uh, the nature of that planet they're on or that part of space they're in. I didn't think, I think they went that... into the the black hole until the very end and then Oh he, yeah. That's right. No, because the the planets, the the three planets they visit are on, like, the... They're, like, orbiting the black hole, almost. They're on the fringes. And so the black hole is bending space-time around these three planets. So when they are landing on them, it's shifting time from, like, Earth time to the spaceship time, and then spaceship time to planet time. Like, it's all fucking crazy. It's very reminiscent of the end of uh, Inception, where you've yeah. got time moving at different speeds. Right, uh, the different dream layers. Yeah. Did you understand Inception the first time you watched it? I think I understood it decently. So, so yeah. do I. And, like, yeah. I remember I saw Inception, I think, with my mom. And uh, my mom's a smart lady. But we came out of the theater, if I recall correctly, and she was just like, I don't get it. And I was just like, what do you, why? Like, what's not to get? They went four levels down in a dream and then had to kick themselves back up. Ta-da! Like, (laughs) that's what happened, you know? And I remember there being just a bunch of like, we don't understand Inception. Like, it's crazy how what is going on in this movie? And I was just like, I get it. Yeah. It's pretty simple. I I think the ending leaves you with questions. Yeah. And 
I remember people arguing about that, you know. Right, right. Is he dreaming? Is he actually, Did he actually make it back? What's going is he on? with his kids? Is it all a dream? Like, well, I don't think... My theory was that he does make it out because the top wobbles. Yeah. And, like, when when he does the top in the dream, it, yeah. it never... It just stays like that or whatever. You know, stays steady. So when it just goes, mm-hmm. wobbles a little bit, I was like, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and assume that he made it out because it'll make me feel better <laughs> about everything that's going on. Yeah. What are some other movies people didn't understand? Um, Major movies, because God knows there's plenty of art house movies yeah, that you're just like, course. what the fuck? Those are a lot of times made so that people understand them. True. Uh, but, yeah, major films that people haven't understood. Um, well, I've heard some crazy theories about The Matrix. Right. I know there are a lot of different interpretations of that movie that people have. Which, again, like, I don't know what... I guess I don't really know what there is to interpret. Like, he lives in a computer, and then he's not in a computer. Well, some people think that Agent Smith was actually the one. Huh. And that Neo was, like, a facilitator Uh to get, you know, the the wrap-up series to happen, basically. I I haven't seen the, uh, the third one. It all the way through. Really? Yeah. I, I know what happens, but um, yeah, there, I read a pretty interesting rundown. It was a very detailed article that went into description on why Neo wasn't actually the one. It was all like misdirection. Right. It's possible, I guess. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, on on this sort of topic, I saw like a like a BuzzFeed video the other day. That was like um, new fan theory suggests that Grand Theft Auto Five actually takes place in hell, uh-huh. and it was just like uh, everybody on you know everybody that populates this city that you talk to just like only cares about themselves and whatever, and uh, it's practically impossible to just not commit crimes and the land is you know this this giant island but you've got it's surrounded by miles and miles of water and you have planes and boats that never leave even though they exist and all this stuff and it was just like so basically you're like in purgatory or you're in hell and I was just like I think you're stretching because it's a fucking video game. Yeah. Like, there's no way <laughs> that they can render an entire fucking universe to give you... I mean, aside from No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. But that's a different type of beast. Yeah. For the subject matter, they can't create, like, the ability to just go wherever in the universe to give you the satisfaction like it's not in hell it's just a, it's just a it's fucking, just there it's just there it's a video game and it takes place Shut in the same, up. it's in the same universe as the other grand theft auto games right so 
No, it's not just that one place. All those other places have existed as well. So it, it's just, no, I, I just thought like sometimes, that. sometimes you hear a the, a fan theory, and you're yeah. like, damn, you know, like that's well, some of them just piss me off, right? Especially when they gain traction. Oh and yeah, people start like really giving them some merit for whatever reason. It's like some dickhead just came up with this idea, and people are like, this is. This is probably what it really is, yeah. guys. With like, this is what the director really meant. Yeah, it's like you don't know that. It might have. It's probably just that the director meant what you thought he meant the first time you watched it. <laughs> yeah. Before you started dwelling on all the um, various interpretations that you could come up. I with. don't. I don't have to analyze shit as much as like I feel like it's such a trend now that as soon as something comes out. You get fan theories, yeah. You know, you left know and right. I don't. I don't have a problem with people thinking about things and and maybe taking a, taking the time to apply particular elements from a story or a movie into their own lives. Or hey, this means this to me. That's fine. But right. when you start telling people what the director or what the writer really was trying to say, that's when I have a problem because you don't know. Unless the director or the writer comes out and tells you, it's right. all speculation. Right. And that's, a, and you know, of course, this mostly applies to your major films. Like, like fan theories about who Rey's parents are in Star Wars. Uh-huh. You know, it's just, part of me is just kind of like, just wait. Yeah. And figure, find out. I know? know it's fun to have a conversation with your friends about it. Talk about the possibilities. But, again, my, my problem is when... When people think they've they finally figured it out, yeah, when they have no way of knowing whatsoever, right, and they're probably going to be wrong, you know. Just I, I remember reading a really absurd one a while back that people were acting like it was so deep. It was like someone came up with the idea that Cameron was a figment of Ferris Bueller's imagination in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. His, his best friend? Yeah. Or, sorry, the, the Ferris was a figment of uh, Cameron's imagination. It was like, like Cameron created Ferris as a way to cope with his horrible life at home, and it was like the person he wanted to be, and the movie, like, I guess didn't really happen. Like, what the fuck is the no. point then? Like, what? No. Because I heard the same thing about Titanic. Uh-huh. That uh, Jack is just like dead the whole time, or that he doesn't exist, or some shit. Uh-huh. And I was just like, why? Yeah. What's what's the point of what's the point of making a movie if the story of the movie is that it doesn't happen? Like, that's, why that's bother? What I'm with the Ferris Bueller theory. Okay, so so basically, the real movie would have been like Cameron waking up in bed in like his dark room. And then maybe he just sat there. Yeah, the whole he's just time. depressed. He's just a depressed guy who thought about what his life would be like if he, if he was a cool kid. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck off. That's with that, ridiculous. Man. Because and that's that's such like a cop out theory. I feel like because you could almost apply that to anything. Yeah. Like Jurassic Park never happened because. Sam Neill's character just dreamed that do- that dinosaurs were real. 
like he was just fantasizing the whole time. He really liked dinosaurs a lot. And he wished they would come back. No, the whole movie is uh, a figment of the fat kid at the beginning who Sam Neill like pretends to cut his belly open. Yeah. He gets like so scared and that night he goes home and has a nightmare about Jurassic Park opening and like and all of those characters dying. Then you can tie Jurassic Park to uh, the uh, nightmare movie that that kid was in. Because he was in one of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Was he really? I think he, he might have been in The Dream Child. There you go. That's it right there. Jurassic Park. Guys, Jurassic Park never happened. But did Freddy Krueger? Did, did Nightmare happen? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, I w- maybe Jurassic Park... Okay. We can say Jurassic Park didn't happen, but Nightmare on Elm Street did. Yeah. And Jurassic Park is just a dream that that kid from Nightmare had from Dream Child, yeah. When he wasn't dreaming about Freddy one time. Right. No, it was a dream that Freddy used to scare him into believing that Freddy was real so that he would start dreaming about Freddy. Because Freddy does that. That's what the raptor claw represents. Yeah, Freddy's claw hand. That's what the director was trying to convey (laughs) is that it was Freddy Krueger the whole time. Sam Neill is Freddy (laughs) Krueger, really. (laughs) It's real, it was never Robert Unglund. It was always Sam Neill. Yeah. That's that's it. Or was it the other way around? Like Robert Unglund was was always Sam Neill. Yeah. That's, like that. Anytime you see Sam Neill in Jurassic Park, it's actually Freddy Krueger. He's <laughs> <laughs> just taking a different form to mess with this kid. Yeah. That's that's that's. I'm gonna have to watch. Jurassic Park with this in mind next time. Right? See how it goes. Yeah. That would be funny. I'll try and find all the uh, corresponding symbology. Yeah. We could, we, could do, we could do a super scary <laughs> on our Jurassic Park Nightmare on Elm Street theory. Yeah. into the parking lot of yeah. the, Fair, the mall at Fairfield Commons, not Fairfield Commons Mall. I don't think I've ever been to this mall. You haven't? I don't think so. Really? Really, really. When this opened up, it was a big deal. I mean, it's, it it's looks a, like it. It looks like a nice area. Yeah, it was uh, because, you know, the Dayton Mall, it's like, right. it's pretty modest as malls go these days. It is. Yeah. But when this opened up, it was, like, huge in comparison. It still is. It's grown since it opened. But, yeah. uh, we're gonna, we're gonna go into the mall here, and, um, I guess, uh, I guess we'll, we'll see you guys. We'll, we'll see you in the outro after our mall trip. The outro will be recorded after the mall trip. Yeah, and we'll give you a brief summary of our through every single 
video in the horror section. Yeah, I tried to. I mean, I well, I did. I browsed, but I was really trying to look for specifically Arrow and Scream Factory releases. That's what I was... That's what I kind of had my, my sights set on. Mm. Anytime I saw the, the clear plastic. Yeah, I was like, oh, yes! yes. <laughs> the clear... Uh, the Arrow releases come in a clear plastic Blu-ray case. That's awesome. That's awesome. Kind of like the uh, the PS3 games did. Yeah. Yeah. And they so have a, a nice crispy, um, heavy duty. Wrap yeah. On the outside. Yeah, and they're just nice, heavy, because they come with booklets and things, and they're just good. It's a good product. Arrow and Scream Factory make good ass products. So we picked up movies for our double feature. That's not this weekend, but. The following episode of Super Scary will be our double feature of The Mutilator and... Contamination. Yeah. Mutilator and Contamination. Both uh, Arrow film releases. And yours is Italian, correct? Yeah. I've never seen it. Who directed it? Did it say? Hold on, let me... uh, Let's take a look here. Take it out of the bag. Ah... Um, director Luigi Cozy. I feel like I've heard that name once before. I don't know though. Italian films. We're gonna get into some an interesting uh, video with Italian films. Their Italian horror is different. I've I've seen a few Italian horror films, but I'm not an aficionado. So. Uh, the cover looked really cool on this, and the story sounded neat, so I, I went for it. And I went for a classic, well, not not even a classic, it's probably very unknown, but uh, an 80s slasher, The Mutilator, directed by Buddy Cooper. So, we'll see how these movies stack up. By the way, real quick, I have uh, kind of a policy that I adhere to when I go to the video store, or I go into a place like Suncoast, where we went today. And that is, I don't look anything up on my phone. That's, I almost did. I didn't today, but I mm. almost did look up a few trailers here and there. I feel like it's, it kind of takes you back to the old days where... You gotta try it. Yep. Just gotta shoot for it. You go off the uh, description and the box cover. Yep. And, it's, and that's what we did. Yep. So, um, anyway, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, we'll have another one for you next week, and also we're going to have a new episode of Super Token Show and Tell Edition tomorrow night, new Super Fanatics on Friday, where we, uh, we're going to try to talk about Old Man Logan. And, and a new Super Scary on Saturday, which as we've said, we're going to be talking about 28 days later. And also, check me out on Twitch with Super Tokens streaming live, uh, we'll be doing that Thursday, uh, Monday and Thursday. Yeah, Monday and Thursday. I forgot. Well, yesterday it and it, today's Sunday, so tomorrow, yeah, a, yeah. and then also Thursday. But when they're listening to this, it'll be yesterday and Thursday. And you can listen or you can watch every Monday and Thursday. Right, right, right. Yeah. But by the time you hear this, um, tomorrow's episode will have come and gone. Right. Yes. It's weird when we get into time. (laughs) (laughs) Tomorrow's episode will have come and gone. That's right. And uh, get in touch with us, goddammit. Super Divorce. We're a band, and you can email us at uh, divorceclub 
at superdivorceme.com. And then you can check us out on Twitter at superdivorce and Facebook at superdivorce and Snapchat at superdivorce and uh, Instagram at superdivorceband. So get in touch with us anyway. Like, email would be nice, but you can also just like comment on our YouTube videos or our pictures or you know our facebook or whatever if you have suggestions for anything right movies you want us to review things you want us to talk about on because we will we've had two suggestions on super scary so far from close friends of ours and we have done them immediately so if you have an idea we'll we'll do it and if you're close if you're in the area we'll bring you on the show too yeah we're open to that so uh we'll we'll catch you guys next week have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. Super Divorce.